Now, our never-ending pop culture road trip takes us from New York to a small paper company in Scranton, Pennsylvania. We're like friends. I am Chandler and Joey and Dwight is Kramer. The Pop Six takes a look at one of the most celebrated comedies of the century, The Office. Put my stuff in Jello again. I like waking up to the smell of bacon. Sue me. Boy, have you lost your mind because I'll help you find it. Ryan started the fire. I'm in love with you. What? What you want, a cookie? You always left me satisfied and smiling. People called it the lost episode. They said it would never happen. I don't know how many people have sent me messages saying, are you ever going to do this? And I thought maybe we just never would, but we have found a way in the middle of football season to sit down for a little while and finish off our office series here on the pop six. Now the pop six is a two man Effort with Brad Willis and me. I'm Jason Martin, host of the Big Six, the editor-in-chief of the Big Six blog. But this podcast, and we're still going to have special guests join us the same way when we do these series. We've had Rep. Ryan and David Reed. Rep. Ryan, of course, of Titans Radio. David Reed of 104.5 The Zone. I guess Rhett's also of 104.5 The Zone. I don't know exactly how it all works. My wife <laughs> asked me that question, and I was like, you know, I don't understand the minutiae here. I know that Mike Keith works for the Titans, and yep. Dave McGinnis works for the Titans, but... We're all sort of, there's a synergy behind everything. We're doing it in the Titans radio room right now. That is true. So there you go. I, I So I don't have an answer for her. When she listens to this podcast, she's still not going to know exactly what's going on. But this means we have to talk about the final season of The Office, and then we're going to do a talent draft. And just, we're not going to do any kind of a refresher because there are three or four podcasts before this in which you can refresh yourself to death by subscribing to the Pop 6 and catch up on all of what we did. Final season of The Office aired Thursdays at 9 Eastern time, part of what's now called or what was called then the Comedy Night Done Right programming block. Season premiere, new guys, 2.1, a 6% share in the key demo. That's 18 to 49, which meant 2.1% of viewers aged 18 to 49 watched that up. 6% 6% of viewers watching TV at the time watched the episode. It was viewed by 4.28 million viewers, was the lowest-rated season premiere for the series, and it represented a 46% drop in viewership from the season 8 premiere to the season 9 premiere. And let's be real here. Very few shows go nine seasons, and even fewer should go nine seasons. A lot of them that do absolutely should not. The Office, I think, guys is an example of a show that absolutely should not have gone nine, probably should have gone seven, but at the very least, and we're not just going to talk about it right off the start, at least they stuck the landing and gave us a very lasting positive impression of the show with one of the better crafted, smarter, better piece of fan service as well, series finales in comedy, which is sometimes very tough to pull off. Yeah, I I think so. Um there, this was the season where things started to drip for me. You know how? Sure. Uh, there is so few things in this season that are memorable. Uh, this is one of those shows that I would say 90% of I can recite by heart. That 10% that I can't happen in this season. Uh, but the redeeming quality for the entire series for me is the fact that they got the finale so right. It it covers up a lot of things. It's like getting a little sugar to wash down the medicine for me. <laughs> there there are two or three episodes that I like in this season, but most of it, no. Nothing until the end. But uh, Roy's wedding, I don't care about. Roy no. can bite me. Um, yeah. <laughs> work bus I thought was funny because they're all sliding around everywhere trying to get to, to, to their destination to the, uh, what was it, the pie stand or whatever. Yes. Um, Dwight Christmas is one of my favorites just because it's East, uh, West Dutch, Pennsylvania, you know, with, uh, what's the character? Bell Schnickel. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was really good. The lice episode's kind of funny. Uh, but for me, you're, you're right, guys. It's, it's getting to the finale, which was fantastic. And, you know, bringing back Michael Scott there at the end, uh, made everything right. Yeah, and I think you expected it was going to happen. The way that he actually showed up on camera was well done. But Dwight Christmas was really good. You had that diehard plot line in that episode, and you had Daryl getting a little bit intoxicated in that episode. 
Interestingly enough, the critics enjoyed the final season more when I went back and looked at this than I would have assumed at the time, including Vulture, one of the the guy that was covering the office for Vulture, saying he was willing to call it the fourth best season of the show overall, which I think is beyond dumb, personally. Yeah. Like, I, I can't imagine. There's probably I've probably never heard of this guy, right? There's probably <laughs> no. <laughs> Emily Vanderwerf, who wrote for the AV Club, I believe – that's Todd Vanderwerf of um, Vox. I believe that's his wife. Wrote that the tension between Jim and Pam in the final season ended up being highly controversial for a number of reasons, but it also provided the most hopeful moments of the series' final stretch. And then then she admitted what I've said before, which is they had to contrive this drama. They had to mm. do this to try and fill all the episodes that they had planned to do. And this irked me about The Office and it's where I thought Parks and Rec lapped the field because when their relationships happen, they just put the cameras on them enjoying their lives and found a way to be clever around it as opposed to just having them argue or be in the midst of all this. Jim and Pam had gone through a lot, certainly, and they had gotten married in previous seasons and had a child and all of these things, but they became annoying to me in some ways because I didn't really want to see those two characters bickering. That's not... That's not what brought me to the dance. Right. Definitely not what brought me to the yard with The Office. But I think if you take it outside of what The Office was, I think it was very compelling storyline. Oh, yeah. But it was not what we wanted or expected from no. those two. No. Because I've recently gone back and watched part of that season and the Valentine's Day where they're like, I think we're just going to go home and fight, so let's kind of call it off. And at the end, she's like, let's just go home and fight. Like that to me is that was really well written in great television, but it was just so incongruent with everything else that we've been conditioned to in the office that that's why it got the reception that it did. Well, and and to your point, Jason, uh, it was unnecessary, um, right. I, you know. And as we have referenced in the other Office Pop Six episodes that you can like, subscribe, rate, and all that good stuff, we talked about how their characters started to change when she became pregnant with Cece and they were going to have the baby and they just got weird and very annoying. Uh, I did not like later season episodes uh, of that version of Jim and Pam. Mm. And then the whole weaving in and out of towards the end when the documentary was coming out towards the finale and the weird interchanges, uh, interactions with Pam and the boom mic operator yes. and all that stuff. I just, yeah. it, it wasn't necessary for me. I didn't like it. I think yeah. I erased that from my mind. Do you actually. think that that reveal needed to happen? at all no. the mockumentary crew it mm. seemed very uninspired and like let's be let's overthink this yeah we are like i feel like that the only reveal we needed is the one we got when michael scott originally left the show and took his microphone off took his lab mic off and went and talked to pam off that reminded us okay this is a mockumentary yep. show but i don't think we needed to actually go meta inside meta inside this show I don't think that it necessarily accomplished anything. It just felt like them trying to run four miles when all we needed was two laps. Yep. No, I I 100% agree with that because it it's one of those things where you can take that out. Like I erased it from my mind. You can take that out of that show and it never, you can go to the next episode and never miss a thing. And for that, I apologize for putting that back into your <laughs> yes, mind because yeah, I, I, I have not been a good What's friend his name? in doing that. I can't that. remember his name. <laughs> Was it Stan? What was his name? The boom mic operator? Yeah. I, don't, I, have, it was, I don't care to remember. I had it in front of me just a second ago. So Brian. Rhett, neither Rhett or I will be drafting him later, so no. Jason, it's all you, no. Brian But I did like the whole idea of the the mockumentary is coming out on PBS, and yeah, that they're at great. Kevin's bar because he is, you know, Dwight has fired him as acting manager. How freaking long is this mockumentary going to be? They've had a camera on these people for eight and a half years. Well, I mean, they're going on the, the Ken Burns model. Yeah, so, I mean, it's at least, you know, a solid that. month's worth, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You need, you need <laughs> at least 200 Like, this hours. thing is going to be like Ken Burns' Dwight Schrute. And then secondarily, <laughs> Ken Burns' Kevin Malone and things like that. Like, each one's going to be its own series. Stanley Hudson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, of course, we have Catherine Tate. And Catherine Tate was originally the main choice to replace Steve Carell. She couldn't do it because she was in a Shakespeare play overseas, much ado about nothing. She's really talented. And you can see that she's talented in this role, but the Nellie Bertram character is so friggin' awful. Oh. Like, it's so horrendous to deal with from, like, a 
just a crass all of it's bad like joe bennett it, she plays joe bennett's friend or like they they have a relationship mm-hmm. i liked kathy bates's character i enjoyed all of what happened early on with saba and all of the other the sabre sabre all of the other yes. things that went down <laughs> nelly bertram just rubbed me so wrong that it made i remember when the show was airing live i watched them all because at that point i was pot committed on the river and I was just going to go ahead and push all my chips onto the table. But I also knew that I didn't have a hand that was going to win if they called me. Yeah. And at times I felt like they called me because Noe Bertram just hit every sour note for me as a viewer and just made me not look forward to that show being on every week. And I'll tell you something else that was unnecessary in this last season was the whole Toby Flinderson thing being a novelist because he was on the Scranton Strangler yeah. murder trial. And it got to the point where, you know, he's going into all that with Nellie in the break yeah. room and they kiss. And I'm like, oh, God, this is just, this is two of my least favorite characters, even though I know Toby Flinderson is, you know, one of the main writers in this thing and, and brains behind some of the episodes. It's just, ugh. And you, when you bring up Nellie, um, you bring up uh, country grammar and yes, getting hot and hers. Which is all, yeah, stuff that, that I enjoyed a lot more than uh, this character. This may be the most hated it was a thinker. television. Got it, but it took him a couple of seconds. <laughs> it was a joke grenade is what it was. You yeah. Lay it out there, count to three. Um, this may be one of my most, it is one of my most hated television characters of all time. Right up there with Coy and Vance, who uh, replaced uh, Bo and Luke Duke. Yeah, I was about to um, ask you who else is on oh, your that list. That was during yeah, the strike go down year, right? Yeah, yeah, that was the worst television in the history of yes, man. Yes. Nellie Bertram pretty much, she was doing her best to bring the office Red, did down. did you watch Dexter? Oh, yeah. I've seen right. it completely through. Season two, two um, the dark-haired woman. I think her name was Liza, maybe, on the show. I'm trying to now think of characters I could not stand in TV yeah. because of that. Nellie Bertram certainly is on that list, but that woman in the second season of Dexter nearly made that show unwashable when it was still actually entertaining. <laughs> you could have picked any number of characters from 24 because they all played the same role against Jack Bauer for a season and then became somebody you would root for when they realized he was right later on but oh yeah she plays uh detective harry bosch's ex-wife in bosch also i know right. the lady you're talking about yeah, yeah, yeah oh yeah. yeah yeah so there i mean there's there's just people that irritate you in this world and there's people that <laughs> irritate you in this fictional world as well and without a doubt Noe bertram irritated me in a go away pro wrestling yes. kind of way like <laughs> i will just not loser, watch your show it's loser, not loser leaves town <laughs> yeah well i mean this is like i mean there's heat in pro wrestling where you want to see the people and you want to see them get beat new england patriots have that kind of heat where you care you you tune in to watch them get beat there's something about them that's compelling nelly bertram wasn't compelling nelly bertram made me not want to watch football anymore in the same analogy if the Patriots were Nellie Bertram, I would just stop watching the NFL completely. And that's almost what she did. And again, it has nothing to do with her performance or Catherine Tate's ability. It has to do with just shoddy, obnoxious, surface-level, low-rent writing that just, to me, did not capture what that series was all about, which was being clever. Yeah, and I think there were times throughout the series where we uh... – you were kind of rooting for Toby to find a companion, uh, but you were never rooting for Toby's companion to be Nelly. No, th- certainly never. not. And then, and, and you know, I, I don't know exactly how much of it took place during this season, but Andy Bernard went off the deep end. What little they were bit. doing with that character went off the deep end. And this is a sign of a show that's run out of ideas. Mm-hmm. When you go to space, it's time to stop your show. When you go underwater for a season, it's time to stop your show. You've when you run, jump a shark. Yeah. Literally jump a shark. Yes. yes. Uh, Andy went out to water. <laughs> so that was kind of the hint there. Yeah, that's right. And again, you also had Andy and Aaron that you kind of did like together that they wrecked. That they wrecked and made you just not even care. By yeah. the end of it, it's like, whatever, man. You do whatever it is that you feel like you got to do. But there were very few characters, I would say, by the end of the show that you really felt, I don't know if it's sympathy is the right word, but if you felt like a real connection to. They did a good job of distancing you from everybody in that final season, with the exception of a few. I mean, Dwight had a pretty good year. 
the Jim and Pam thing, like I said, was a little bit irritating. But at the very least, when you get to the assistant to the assistant to the regional manager episode, and then obviously the two-part finale, which did a 5.69 number, which was way higher by far than anything else that was done that season. The last three, really, like you had the two two-part episodes, one that ran on May 9th and then the finale on May 16th. Both of them did a 4.5 or higher. Um, AARM did a 4.56 and then a 5.69. And you had all of the guest stars that happened. But the key here was, and I think it was revealed, I think we knew it was coming. I might have even read it, but it's been a long, long time. At least, meaning in advance, but the way in which Steve Carell just kind of slid into the shot with that huge smile on his face yeah. and looked look a little bit older but looked happier and looked truly happy to be there for Dwight and all of that, like that was just something that had to happen for that finale. But I can't remember much in those two episodes that I would tell you I had any problem with at all. That finale no, is about all. as good as you're going to see. No, and it's one that every time I uh, I get a little teary-eyed. I'm not going to lie. It's it, it's a it's a TV moment that uh will never get old to me. I just it it just it was so pitch perfect to me. And and I I don't know if I would I think maybe I appreciate it more having endured that final season and a lot of those episodes that were just so forgettable. I think that may have had something to do with making that last episode that's that series finale so memorable for me. But no, it's one of those it's one of those I can watch over and over again, and I'm probably going to at least tear up every time. Oh sure, absolutely, because you. You're invested you invested in, in these people, right? And the and the one guy that you were most invested with, you hadn't seen in way too long, yep. and you'd seen so much crap in between. Mm-hmm. When, when like he showed back, good up. old days nostalgia, oh, yes. right there. I mean, the two the two episodes that get me with the office is the proposal to Holly, which I think is still my favorite in the finale. Those two get me basically every time, and I also think Jim and the rain outside the convenience store. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The proposal was also on that short list as well. But you're right, like. After he left, every one of us said, yeah, you could have ended the show right there. You said it even if you didn't say it out loud, you thought it. Then you went through Robert California, who was a good character, but the writing wasn't all that great around what he did. And then season nine was just frustrating, and it was just, I want to see these people in the way that I remember them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes nostalgia tricks you into believing that things were better, and then if you actually got to experience it again, you'd realize, well, maybe it actually wasn't all it was cracked up to be. But this was the essence of what The Office was supposed to be. And it took some of the awkward out, but not all of it. Because, you know, uh, of course, Michael Scott ends up best man instead of Jim, for example. <laughs> like, there's still there's still little things that keep these characters what they're supposed to be. But it was Greg Daniels that wrote the episode, and he was sort of the main guy behind it from the beginning. He wrote the season opener. And he wrote the season or the series finale, didn't direct it that time, but it was just it was just really really good. It was as good as the How I Met Your Mother series finale was awful, and mainly because they didn't ruin it and didn't feel the need to ruin it in the last five minutes. They ended it on a high note. They brought you the nostalgia you wanted. They gave you some guest stars because that's going to happen on a show that had this much critical attention for such a long period of time. But in the end, it was about the people that we cared about, and it was a full-circle moment of semi-redemption or just growth for a lot of people, namely, probably most importantly, you would say Dwight in this moment. Like, this is when Dwight had become a fully rootable character. Yeah. And that I don't know people saw coming. If you go back to when you watched the pilot of that show, what is Dwight supposed to be? What is Gareth from the British office supposed to be? Well, what it turned out was he was sort of, when Michael Scott left, the one character that you still had that still had some room to grow was Dwight Schrute, and that's what you get in the end, and I think that's one of the lasting memories of this for me. The, the, this, episode, this final two-part episode at, at the, to finish things up was so kind and generous to most every character, even to the aforementioned Nellie Bertram. She gets a baby out of the deal because, oh, you know, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the baby of... of uh, Ryan Howards, who he gives uh, strawberries to, so he'll break out. And the Dr. Ravi 
which is uh, Kelly Kapoor's husband or boyfriend at the time, takes a look at him, and then he they take off together. So Nellie Bertram gets a cute little baby boy out of the deal. That's how good this is. Uh, you know, at the wedding, I thought one of the funniest things is there's the gift basket uh, in the front of Dwight's farmhouse where numerous people, including one Creed Bratton, dropping off uh, mangy cats for Angela for uh, for wedding gifts. But there's so many, like you said, Jason, full circle moments where there have been really good things uh, and they close up things for, for all uh, types of characters uh, in all walks, uh, big or small. I mean, it, you know, they're at the uh, viewing forum Q&A uh, at, at the local PBS station there about the mockumentary and Aaron discovers that her parents are Ed Begley Jr. and I forget uh, uh, who her mom was, but... Uh, everybody's got something going for him in this thing. Yeah, and you, you brought up about the character development with Dwight from the pilot to the series finale. I do feel like the whole Nellie adoption storyline was brought in there because they realized that this wasn't someone we can just write off, but this is not a character that people like. So this was their attempt to try to humanize her. I'd even I'd, I'd written her off to the, the point where I totally forgot about her getting the baby yeah. at the wedding. So that's how much I'd move past Nelly. Yeah, I'm here to remind point. you. Ed yes, Bagley Jr. and Joan Cusack. Yes, Joan Cusack, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, just, to, just to put that out there. And, of course, everybody comes full circle, and Ryan is still Ryan. He's got a child, but he's been abandoned by pretty much everybody. And Kelly is now married. And, of course, Ryan has a son named Drake. Yes. So there's there's that that's out there in the ether as well. But – yeah, I, I think that you could talk about the finale and, and all of the different things, but you're right. There is a there's a lot of completing a arc for various people here. Stanley's in Florida. Phyllis is trying to fatten up his replacement. Um, you mentioned Nellie's baby, obviously. She's also moved to Poland. Creed faked his death. Like, the things that these characters you would expect them to be doing, that's what they're doing in the end. I don't like that the mockumentary was revealed, and they didn't need to have that sit down necessarily and explain all of those things. But it was it was okay. It was almost like they were talking to us. Yeah. They weren't talking to anybody else. Moe's um, abducting Angela. Yes. <laughs> Shouldn't be forgotten in this. Either. Found your bride. Now buy us a beer. Yeah. <laughs> so... Are you glad that the show kept going simply because the finale, the finale might actually, we might even love it more because it followed nothing. It wasn't exactly following Bill Belichick. Yeah, it wasn't no, following I, Nick Saban. It was following whoever's going to follow them that's not going to do very well in those jobs. Yeah, I think looking back over it now, I, I really think that that season led us to that point. But I don't know, you know, we we said so so much that when Michael left, that would have been the natural breaking point for this series. But I needed this at the end, and I think this was a great way to end it all. I don't know how you would have ever gotten to it otherwise, really. You know, they were forced, when, when, when Carell left, they were forced to try to take a new course, and that's what led us to... Dwight and watching Dwight grow and what led him to ultimately getting married. And I, I don't know of another way that they could have gotten to the ending that was so great other than taking us through the desert for 40 and it may, years. And, and for suffering through the D'Angelo Vickers yeah. and the Robert Californias, I'm glad that there at least was a silver lining yes. in this case. But you're right about Dwight's character development. I mean, he is he's running the show now. He's the, the you know, a regional manager. And so, you know, Jim and Pam are leaving to go with the, his athlete company and going to Philadelphia, I guess it is, or Austin. Austin. Austin's where they're going to open and, up the um, office, yeah. You know, he is heartbroken that they're leaving, but he gives them this incredibly handsome severance package that he would not have any other way and – you know, he, he puts it so eloquently about how his subordinates are some of his best friends and all, you know, but it, you just have this endearing part, uh, this apex, as you've called it, Jason, of, of his character where it, you're just rooting for Dwight. And then to find out that 
the, the little boy is not the senator's and it's actually his and yeah. he and Angela are going to tie the knot and and this is all going to be everybody rides off into the sunset. Yeah, so it's it's really good. Back real quickly to the boom mic operator deal. Just reading in a couple of different places about Greg Daniels saying that, look, that was a red herring plot that was just going to keep you invested in what Jim and Pam were doing more so than anything, but that the original intention was not for him to interfere in their marriage. I don't know exactly why it ended up going down that route. It didn't need to. One thing I find interesting from Miles McNutt of the AV Club, he wrote, that the mockumentary sorry, format of the name? show, Miles McNutt. Okay, that's what I thought you said. <laughs> Linebacker for North Dakota State. <laughs> um, he said that the, the mockumentary format, that the camera was basically a circuit for the audience, mm-hmm. and that when they pulled that away and revealed the boom mic operator and had all of that, that now we weren't welcome anymore, that it created a, a distance that wouldn't have existed otherwise. I don't know if that's reaching. I don't know if that's trying to find something that's not there, but I can understand it, I guess, to an extent. I just think had they not done that, they'd have probably been better off. Well, here's the thing about it, though, and I understand that, and I've that makes a lot of sense to me now hearing that, mm-hmm. but as far as it being a red herring, we never for once thought that Pam was going to cheat on Jim nope, no. with a boom mic operator. Nope. It's like Jill Taylor wasn't going to cheat on Tim on home improvement yes. with the granite guy or whoever it was, the person at the gym or whatever it was. This, But that's this is obnoxious because, and critics seem to go this way, because critics are cynical by nature and they're also... They've watched so much TV that they assume this is how life works. Everybody gets divorced, that nobody's happy. Right. Everybody's life is miserable yeah. because that's what they see on all of these shows. So they all seem to like the conflict between Jim and Pam because it's real. Mm-hmm. Not really. It doesn't have to be that way. In fact, in, I would say in most marriages that aren't defined by pop culture, a lot of them aren't that way. It's not like everything is going to be you know, lollipops and gumdrops and stuff like that but the way that this that's that's the only thing that really kind of just left a bad taste in my mouth is these are two characters that you wanted us to root for from the very beginning you wanted the secretary and jim and you wanted us to hate roy and we did all of these things and we followed through and then you just kind of teased an affair that obviously wasn't going to happen and it was just like all right please get this show done yeah like let me let us rest in peace with this and with that we rest in peace with our discussion of the nine seasons of the office and now it's time for a talent draft because this is how we end these big time deals now we're going to do seven rounds because if you go we went like 15 with the avengers and they're they're friends characters i think brad and i went 10 you can do lengthier ones but they have to be really extensive casts or you're having to pick things that you don't need to have to pick, I guess. So we're going to do seven <laughs> rounds. That's going to give us 21 characters combined. And I think that's the best way that I can think of for us to make sure that we're not overdoing it. So I guess what we need to do. Get out the old random numerator. Yeah. Um, I don't see any of us taking like Madge from the warehouse with the right, final pick. Exactly. I mean, we could have fun doing it that way, but let's be real. We don't have to do that. All right. So number between one and 500. Have that in your brain right now. And I'm going to do a random number generator. And since I didn't have one in my mind, I'm going to do it again. Because now, <laughs> I, now I see this one. So don't change it up. I'm going to 1 in 500, which is a lot, obviously. Okay. So I'll go. Okay. I got mine. You guys got yours? Yep. All yes. Right. All right. The number is 153. I was 310, so not all that close. Uh, I was even further away at 33. And I was in the middle at 79. Uh, Okay, so you're first, and David is second, and I'm third. You said you were further away, but you weren't. You were like, you said, what'd you say? 33? That's 120. Yeah, I was like 150 almost. Oh, okay. So I'm dead last here. So Rhett goes first. Reed goes second, I go third, and then we can – are we going to snake this or are we just going to do one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three? Let's just do one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Yeah, that benefits you the most. So. Yeah. Of course. 
No, <laughs> well, do it however you want. No, 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 no. I'm ca- I'm, I'm I don't care. care. No, 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 no. There's no boom mic operator in here. We're not causing drama. <laughs> There's not no Nelly Bertram in here. Yeah, yeah, no yeah, one's going to come, th- come between three of us. Nobody's in the Finger Lakes either. <laughs> Bringing up that Jim Carrey character. Okay, so. Which, by the way, hold on. I want to before I don't want to completely derail this, but we are recording this on the 29th of October. Right. Uh, it was tweeted out earlier today from the office account that 10 years ago today, Michael Scott fell into koi pond. Oh, and we need to. Uh, I think that needs to be recognized before we move on. One of my favorite and episodes Jim ever. Just lean the other way. way. <laughs> All right. Well, let's dry off Michael Scott because he's he's my first pick. Oh, there's a big reach. Yep. right there at number one. Unbelievable, <laughs> huh? Yeah. Uh so number two goes to me, and this is probably going to severely um, upset my wife because uh, I know what she's yelling. Uh, right now at this point, but I'm going to go with someone who I believe is the linchpin between two of the the best characters on this show, and I'm going to go with Dwight, Dwight Schrute in number two. I mean, that's where I would have gone. Like, I know, I know, she must love great Jim, minds. I assume every woman loves Jim. Uh, yeah, got it. Uh, so I'm going to take Jim because, of course, I am, and I think those are your consensus one, two, three. You could make an argument outside of that, but I don't think it's a good argument. Those three characters, I agree, though. I think that Dwight was uh, – Michael Scott's what you have to go with first, I think. But you could almost make an argument for Dwight. I don't think you could make an argument for Jim at one. So I got screwed because I picked the wrong number. <laughs> <laughs> Basically is what we're Lost saying. Lost at your own game. This is why the snake draft would have benefited me because I know who I would have taken it for. <laughs> but alas, that's not the case. Uh, for me in round two, I, I'm going with, I'm going by my favorite, one of my favorites here, and a, a guy that I think is just so good throughout with great crazy lines, and that's Creed Bratton. Yeah, uh, interesting because he wouldn't have been, I don't think he would have been somebody you would have highly rated. But when I was talking to Brad, Brad's like Creed's got to be top five, right? So I mean, I do think that you you can fall in love with some of these secondary characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it can affect how you make these decisions, and especially the longer the show went on. Because yes. when I, I when <laughs> Rhett brought up the 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 mangy feral cats that were dropped off at the wedding for for uh, Angela, it made me think of we've seen Creed at two weddings uh, over the course of this show, and the first time when he takes the card off of the one present and puts his own card on there, yeah, I thought. That's pretty brilliant. No. <laughs> like, there's a time in my life where that would have come in really handy if the, I'd ever thought of that. The whole watermark deal where Deborah Brown was not at yes. work that day when it's the one year he took off from checking, you know, doing yes. his quality checks, and he takes up the love offering and the card, t- chucks it in the can by the by the elevator in the lobby and pockets the money. It's just I so, mean, it's so, his moments are so memorable. His uh, His thief, the thief thing is still one maybe my favorite bit in the whole show when they go to that restaurant oh and they see the yes. polaroid that says thief because yes. creed's already been there and tried to dine and dash like there he is and him swiping all of the chips at casino night and yeah. never had a refrigerator before exactly. what a great line oh, so great so great that's a good pick him and the toys and making people buy them <laughs> yes uh. <laughs> Um, so, uh, we, we said that if this show would have ended, uh, when Michael Scott left, it would have been perfect. At that point, we probably would have all said that this was a show that was about a relationship yes. between a boss and a receptionist. Correct. So I have to go with Pam Beasley. Yeah. Well, that hurts real bad. Uh, I know it does. Well, did you really think that? Well, I might have to be trading. I might have to trade multiple picks <laughs> to try and get some. <laughs> Trades are open, by the way, just so you know. Okay. See, I mean, right there, I'm trying to think if I want to go off the board now or if I just want to. Do you even have a board at this point? Yeah, you were, point. You, were, you were anticipating being number one in this draft, weren't you? No, no. That's not how my I'll life tell you this, I wasn't anticipating it, <laughs> so I'm enjoying it over here. Oh, man. Gosh. Holly Flax. I mean, I really like her. Her character was fun. I... I I'm gonna. Mm, I'm gonna go off the board too. Uh-oh. I mean, off the the expected board. There's mm-hmm. somebody that had more stuff going on, and I enjoyed the character. I'm taking Kevin Malone. 
because another one that just ridiculous stuff that he was involved in made the most of his screen time. The fact that Holly thought that he was challenged. Special. Yeah, like all of that stuff. I'm going to take Kevin instead of some guys that certainly have more screen time than he did. Well, that was going to be uh, my next pick, actually, because we all, as well. Because we all, I mean, like, if I'm being 100% honest, like, we all wish that we were Jim on this show. I'm right. probably more of a Kevin than I am a Jim. <laughs> uh, so that was going to be my next guy. All right, Rhett. All right. With my third round pick, and I'm bouncing between a couple of characters here. Um, but I'm gonna tell you, I need I need a female in this draft. I'm gonna take Miss Angela Martin. All right, okay. She went higher than I would have thought. Unless she was going to David. Well, no, no. But your whole Kevin pick has thrown off uh, a lot of things that I were th- was thinking <laughs> here. So, um, gosh, I Dwayne f- Haskins I, is available. I uh, <laughs> <laughs> no thanks. Yeah. Um, gosh, th- I'm bouncing back between two. Uh, one, one is a character that I'm probably most like, <laughs> and the other one was one that I kind of wish that I was like. Um, Gosh, just because I just because I once had a job that I was just totally out on that I'd moved on for long before I stopped receiving a paycheck and that I'm also diabetic. I'm going with Stanley Hudson. Mm. I like it. Nice. His laugh in that one episode in particular. (laughs) Oh, where he gets roasted. Yes. Yes. That alone, man. And when he just flies off the handle with Michael as well. Like he has a he has a couple of good ones. Have you lost your mind. I'm surprised. I actually thought you might be going with the guy that I'm gonna go with now. And again, there's some bigger names in terms of guys that had screen time, and I'm going with Daryl Philbin. Yeah. I, I really like Craig Robinson's character on this show. I like what he evolved into from what he started. I like how we got to know him, and he was able to advance a little bit in the company and had a family stuff. And I just think Craig Robinson's really daggone funny yep. as well on this show. Mm-hmm. I thought Daryl gave us a lot of good comic relief at times, and he could be common sense on screen, and I appreciated that. And Jim was common sense a lot of the time as well. So Jim and Daryl also play basketball together on the Dunder Mifflin team. Yeah. So I feel pretty good about my Daryl Philbin warehouse pick. Well, that was the guy I was going back and forth with between uh, he and Stanley because to me, I mean, look, Jim's on another level, let's let's be honest. But the next step down for the coolest guy in the office was Daryl by yes. far. Yes, He was just a cool dude, and he always he came up with sage advice at times when it was needed, and he was always there for the comedy too. So that's three each. Yep. And there's still some big names out there. Mm-hmm. All right. Starting the fourth round, and I think I had this guy circled as a second-round pick. I'm taking Andy Bernard, yep, the Nard Dog. That's who I would have gone with, but Kevin got in the way. And I was just like, <laughs> I'm going to say Kevin. As Kevin had the tendency to do. Yeah, he's more of a door he, than he a dropped, window. <laughs> he dropped the chili pot on oh, that deal. Oh, gosh. Every time I think of chili now, I think of that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that's so good. And it was around, and Him rolling around in it, trying it, to stand it up. It was an industrial-sized pot, yeah. too. I mean, it that, was, you could feed I an army. That same pot. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, there was, at some point, there was gruel in that pot. Uh, and a man, yeah. one of those manila file folders yeah, yeah. to try to scoop. Oh, um, woo, 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 woo. Uh, you know what? Every good office needs a work mom. So I'm going to go with Philip Vance. Phyllis, I'm sorry. Does he? I was about to say, what are you doing yes, right I'm now? Sorry, Phyllis. Vance. You mean Phallus? <laughs> oh my goodness. Phyllis has some good moments. She definitely has some good moments. Now see we're in these secondary guys, and there's a lot of really talented secondary characters. It just depends on your style of humor as to which one really stood out. There's one like major character, still sort of major character, that I hated mm-hmm. as he went along mm-hmm. that's still sitting there because of that very reason. Uh-oh. I'm confused now. I mean, I, oh, know, I, know, I, should ta- I know I should take him, oh. but... I mean, just so I can get get back to work, shoe bitch, out of that 
because that's still one of the greatest lines in history is show. But I just could not stand what that character became. And so I don't know if that's where I want to go here or not. Hmm. Yeah, that character really annoyed me. I will <laughs> go with... Hmm. Could also use a woman. I will Nelly's go. Nelly's still on the board. Yeah. <laughs> I bet she's still going to be on the board in a minute, too. Uh-huh. I guess I'll do it. I don't really want to, but I'll take Ryan. Like him or not, it's a solid pick. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. And I, that's why I didn't pick him in the first four rounds, because I'm like, I just refuse to. Yeah. Refuse to, absolutely. Credit to him for being as high up oh. in the show as he was and writing himself not to be the world champion, but to be right. one of the most detestable characters that you never wanted to see when he was there. He played the role well. Yes, he did. Uh, in round five, uh, the show would not be what it was with some comical moments with this lady and oh, showing way wanted. more than she should have shown. And we discovered that she's in college the whole time, and that's why she's a drunk, basically. But <laughs> Meredith Palmer, yeah, I got to give a tip of the cap. I, I would have not felt this was the right draft if you hadn't ended up with Meredith Palmer. <laughs> There's nothing more ret to me about The Office than Meredith Palmer. Um, and and at the t- <laughs> she, is, she is the typical... Uh, what do they call it? Non-traditional learners at a community college somewhere. Yeah. Yes, that is uh, that is her, and she, I, you know, she's asking a bunch of questions while the eighteen-year-olds are just trying to get out of class. Um, I thought Ryan played his role so well, but I, I, there may not have been another person on the show that was more spot on for what she was supposed to be than Kelly Kapoor. Yep. Um, if you take a trip down Broadway and over here, any of these bachelorette parties that want to invade Nashville on a daily basis now, they all sound like Kelly Kapoor. Kelly Kapoor is everywhere in music. Yes. Agreed. With a sash on. I thought, maybe a <laughs> I thought maybe you wouldn't take her and she would still be sitting there, but I'm not surprised. And I didn't love the character the first time I watched the show live, but I like it a lot better now. Um, and, Mindy Kaling was another one who helped write yep. and, again, didn't write herself to be a superstar. And I think that that's appreciated. Okay. Now we're now we're really – we're five rounds into you guys, and I've got four characters right now, and I've got to go with – I've got to go with a female character. That narrows it down. Yeah, it does. I'll go with Jan. Oh, okay. I mean, well, I get the dinner party out of that mix. Oh, yeah, you're right. Wait, there's no Gould? What happened to Gould? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll oh, take Jan, man. even though, like, I mean, I like other female characters more, but man, Mellora Harden crushed oh, that gosh. role. I happen to think Hunter is a very accomplished artist. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we are five home now each with two picks left and still some good ones. All right, I'm going way off uh, of the board here uh, because this character, had he not been the tyrant that he was, oh, gosh. we wouldn't enjoy and love a Michael Scott coming back from his not-so-triumphant yep. return in the Michael Scott paper company. I got to go with Idris Elba, Charles I, Minor. See, I wonder if he was going to go off the board. I really did. Because he was another one that we hated so yes. daggone But you, much. he was necessary. I agree. Because, man, were you so glad, as obnoxious as it was, and the way he did the sales staff stealing all the clientele, but, man, were you glad to see that dude back. Is he the guy that was on the least amount of episodes that's been drafted so far? Uh, so far, yeah, definitely. Yeah, got to be. Yeah, because he's in the two or three during the Michael Scott paper company and then the picnic, and that's about it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Man, it is really difficult now. <laughs> uh, you know what? I <laughs> I just when I'm scrolling through the characters, like I'm not only a, a assigning characters with people that I work with currently, but also uh, with people that I have worked with over the course of my 41 years on this earth. Mm. 
and uh, there's always been that one person that you just want to go to go away. Oh. And uh, you not you now 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 you are projecting who you, you think I'm thinking about when I think about Toby no, Flinders. I just thought you? you were thinking of Toby, and I wanted Toby. So that <laughs> yeah, we've all known a Toby. We've all known people who've had relationships just a like wet a Toby, blanket, like a Toby and a Michael. He's he is ramen noodles without the seasoning yes. packet, man. Yes, which is just salt, by the way. There's no right. difference between chicken ramen noodles, beef ramen noodles, and shrimp ramen noodles. It's just different colored salt. Each Hi, one of so you, good. each one of you has two females. I only have one right now, so I may go back to back with women. I know here. Who you're not taking uh, Nellie Bertram. <laughs> oh, I I know another one you're not taking. Mm. It only really leaves two others. Yes, it does. No, three. I'm sorry. Who am I forgetting? Two is all I was thinking about. Let's see here. I wish they had written her better because I liked the character, but they wrote her so poorly and made me not not root for her in the end. I would because I would definitely go with her, but instead I'm going to go with my favorite storyline probably on the show, especially after. Jim and Pam got together. I'll take Holly because I get yep. I get my favorite episode and I get the storyline that I felt like made. Holly was Michael Scott's constant to borrow mm-hmm. it from Lost, and I don't know what the office is without Michael's growth that would not have happened had it not been for Holly's existence on the show. Such a great character because the first within the first two minutes of her being introduced, you knew who she was made for. Oh yeah. So good. Yeah. So good. And then they finally paid something off. Yeah. Like like the right way and let it happen. All right. One more pick each. All right. For my last one, uh, just because I think this person may should have been drafted before now, and I, I, you can't have an accounting office without this guy. Yeah. It's Oscar Martinez. Yeah. I, I thought about taking him a couple of different times as well. Uh, he he kind of got into that Toby role at times where I didn't really want to see him around either because he was obnoxious. Oh, the uh, rational consumer. All of that. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah We're yeah, just yeah. in the week for that right now with Halloween. The rational consumer costume. Yes. Costume. That was that was a great episode. The but, holiday but, episodes are so good. But Oscar Nunez is great on the show, and every time I see those State Farm ads, yeah, it's that's so, the only guy I see. Sure. Yes, that's such a mistake on State Farm's part. They could have had me. I'm much more believable. There you go. That's um, very true. You definitely need except insurance. For I, except for I quit them. And, yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, I've got mine picked out, I think, if it's if he's, if he's alive or well, she's alive. I uh, thought you were going to go with Plop for your last uh, <laughs> oh, I'll tell you who I'm not going to go with. Start Todd quoting. Packer. Oh god. oh god, he wasn't he even was, on, he was another one of on my, my least list. favorite characters. No. I might actually dislike him more than Nelly Burke. Well, but again, back to your whole right kind of heat, bad kind of yes. heat. It, that's the right kind of heat at least. You know you're not supposed to like yeah, this guy. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, I don't think it was really worse than like an Nelly evil either. snail. Yes. <laughs> Harder to get rid of. Yes. Um than syphilis. You uh, like no. William Hung? Why does everybody ask me no. that? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I saw a car like that the other day and thought the thought the same thing. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm going to go with someone who I think, um, gosh, another female here. Mm. I have a female heavy team. And then I think I know you're going. Uh, no, you don't. I don't think you do. Uh, I think this may have been the most one of the most self aware people on the show, and was different okay. from Not who I any other character, and that's Karen. I think Karen oh, yeah. was no. someone who was as real of a character as this was on the show. And when she got to Scranton, she realized what was going to happen between Jim and Pam. And and the end was kind of okay with it. Karen the Filippelli. Yeah, you know, I actually forgot about her completely. Really? Yeah, like... Until you said that, and then as soon as you did, it jumped back in. Yeah, and she was a part of the show when it was still really at its apex. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was sort of the final 
piece of the double dare obstacle course for Jim yep. and Pam to navigate to get to each other. That's a good way to put it. As well. And she's part of the Call of Duty episode, which is a great one from season three. Yes, yes. All right. You are really left with No, you know what? I'm 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 going with somebody that shouldn't have even existed because the show shouldn't have existed at this point in time. Oh, okay. But I love the performance and I love the weirdness. This guy was made to play awkward. Okay. I'm taking Robert California. Mm-hmm. Yep. I like the Robert California character and I love James Spader. And he was he was so weird and out there in a way that it sort of worked that even this ragtag bunch of people inside this office didn't even know where he was coming from right. at any point in time. I found I found Robert California incredibly compelling in a way that Nellie Bertram could not possibly get to. <laughs> so still on the board, probably the biggest name still on the board now that we've done our seven rounds, Aaron Hannon who I hated how they wrote her or I would have taken her a while See, back. See, I knew that's who you were talking about. I was going back and forth between her and uh, her and Karen. I wanted to I wanted to be a bigger fan of Aaron than I Yeah, ended everybody, up being everybody in, in did. You you became a bigger fan of Aaron on the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt because she never like for everything that was endearing in the beginning was annoying at the end because there was no growth whatsoever. Yeah. Well, she her. was just incredibly flighty. Yes. And she, she just was, she was dim. Yeah. She just was. She was no Pam. So she was there. Um and I Gabe Lewis. Never take him or no. his Earthscapes music. No. <laughs> <laughs> Go away with lo- your and pizza I love party. Zach Woods to death because he is so good in everything. He's great in playing house. He's fantastic in Silicon Valley. His best He's amazing. His best bit in this show to me was the whole deal when they went to the uh, Gettysburg and he played Abe yes, Lincoln yes. improv. That was fantastic. Another guy that I considered was David Wallace. I thought David Wallace. Mm-hmm. Too, yeah. I enjoyed David Wallace on this show. Uh, nobody's taking Roy because you were nope. meant to nope. hate Roy from he's, the very beginning. He's on the Nellie Bertram Island. Party of two. Without question. Uh, Joe Bennett. I thought I about that ta- character. I thought of t- uh, yeah, I liked her a lot. I thought about taking her. Nobody's taking Todd Packer, party of three. Yeah, that's going to stay there for a long time by itself. I thought about Danny Cordray oh, okay. as, as a final pick because I really like Tim- Timothy Oliphant, but uh, I thought better of it because Oscar was sitting there. I had a, uh artist in residence when I was in the fourth grade. Um, his name was Timothy Oliphant. What about D'Angelo Vickers? No. No, I hated never. that character too. You know, never. I'm not. I don't know You're if I said this before. Fan, I'm not you? a Will Ferrell guy. I would have taken Chip Eston as Josh Porter. Yeah. Josh Porter have done that. Yep. Uh, Ed Truck stayed on the board. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I'm now just kind of looking through the list of people that stand out. Is there anybody else that we're forgetting here? How about Sadiq, the IT guy? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> or Nick, the IT guy. <laughs> yes. Yes, they hated his guts. Oh, probably gosh. fourteen other. I IT thought guys. Clark pl- was played very well. I thought that was a character. What that- about Tony Gardner, Fat Tony, Tony Pepperoni? <laughs> Technically, look, we could have gone here because he did show up uh, in seventh season. We could have taken David Brent. Yeah, and I thought I didn't about want to do that. it because I thought it was cheating, and I didn't need people throwing stuff at me over this computer where we're recording this right now. But, I mean, if you had included the, the British office, obviously David Brent would have been number one yeah, or two. Without question. Yeah, yeah. Overall, then you would have gotten to Gareth and, and the main guys and just Tim done again. And Dawn and Dawn. Yep. Uh, the episode where they tried to replace Michael Scott, and they had Ray Romano and Gervais was part of that, and I think Warren Buffett was part of that, uh, Will Arnett, and then Jim Carrey, who just talked about the Finger Lakes. And for some reason, that's the only thing I remember for that episode is I liked Jim Carrey's performance right there. That might have been one of the last things that I liked that Jim Carrey did. As <laughs> a matter a of fact, sample, on camera or off. With a small sample size appearance in mind, another one I was considering taking a flyer on was Amy Adams' character, Katie Moore. Yeah. Selling oh, yeah. the purses yeah. and going on the booze cruise. And and because it's Amy Adams. Yeah, exactly. And you know, Oh, there's, my gosh. One other guy's Moe's. Yes. I honestly never considered Moe's. Really? Yeah. I considered Bob Vance of Vance Refrigeration before I would consider Moe's. There's not enough leftover Dracar Noir in Michael's car for Amy Adams, though. Right, that's right. I just think, I I don't know, Moe's was fun. I would rather have Moe's than Nellie Bertram. True. And D'Angelo Vickers and a lot of that stuff. Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration. 
you can't just say Bob Vance, can you? No. You have to say Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration. All right, so that's so looking at the teams real quickly. Rhett has Michael Scott, Cree Bratton, Angela, Andy, Meredith, Charles Minor, which is a demerit, and Oscar. But he's a necessary evil. I know he is. I get it. David, Dwight, Pam, Stanley, Phyllis, Kelly, Toby, Karen. That's clearly the winning team right there. Then I took Jim, Kevin, Daryl, Ryan, Jan, Holly, and Robert California. I think everybody has stars on these teams. Sure. If we have forever, I would really be trying to offer trades right now, <laughs> like offer three of my picks to get one from somebody else. But I think everybody did reasonably well. There's strengths and there's weaknesses there. This is a show that... Like it's okay to say I won. There's a lot of people Red on this <laughs> show that... When you look at this and you think about this, there are a lot of people on this show that haven't really gone on to do much else. This is what they're going to be known for. And I'm okay with that. I don't know if they're okay with that, but I'm okay with that because I don't like a whole lot of crossover. Right. I need, I'm, I've got, the older I've gotten, the more I need people to fit in compartments. I mean, you think about the guys that went on from this to do something kind of as we wrap this up. Obviously, Steve Carell's had a fantastic yep. career since and during, uh, including an Academy Award nomination for Foxcatcher and being able to play drama really effectively. Um, Rain Wilson's done all right for himself. He hasn't done anything gigantic, but he's had a couple of movies here and there. Um, obviously, John Krasinski's done really well for himself. Jack Ryan, second season's about to hit Amazon. Not my favorite. I wrote on the first one, not going to watch the second one. Just thought it was very, very predictable Yeah. in a way that I just, okay, I know what's happening here. I don't need to watch this. But A Quiet Place. 13 Hours. 13 Hours, yeah, so absolutely. That. Did really well. I think that Craig Robinson's done pretty well yep. for himself as well since this. B.J. Novak's done a little bit here and there. Melora Harden's always going to be around. Amy Ryan had already done The Wire before The Office, and she still pops up here and there. James Sta- James Spader went on to do The Blacklist, yeah. which worked out pretty well for him. He, he, to me, is Christopher Walken with depth. You know, yeah, like Christopher well, he's Walken kind of William is kind Shatner. of the same, the same guy, yeah. regardless ueh, Kate Flannery, she's killing it on Dancing with the Stars. She sure is. I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah, oh, she's, yeah. She's Meredith is very on, impressive. Meredith is on Dancing oh, yeah. with the Stars. More impressive than anyone on that and show. And she had some kind of a background yeah, in that she anyway, had, right? uh, Yeah, dance. I think she had a dance minor in college. Um, Rashida Jones? She's done all right. Yeah, she did Parks. Right. And, yeah, seems to be doing a really good job. She's actually, I guess, she was also behind, um, I can't remember the show now. Name just went away. I, Angie Tribeca. Uh, she did that show for a little while, and she's been executive producing and behind some other things. So she's done pretty well. I'd say Ed Helms has done all right. pretty well for himself as well. Uh, Mindy Kaling has done <laughs> sequel. Mindy Kaling's done real well as well. And there's one other one. Um, Jenna Fisher has done okay. She's done some movies as well. But a lot of these people have made enough money on The Office that they don't really need to worry too much about what it is that they're doing. So what, in a nutshell after going through this series or much of it again and talking it through off and on for the past handful of months, what's your, what are you left with thinking about the office right now? I just, to me, it is, I I don't know if there's anything else that I'm hopeful that I'll find something on television that I'm current on that I can watch as it happens. Uh, but I had saying that I, I do think that I had the benefit of going back and watching it all at once, which just made it so much greater for me. But I, I, I'm hopeful that I will find something I would love as much as the office, but I'm very skeptical, skeptical, st- skeptical that I actually will. Uh, I just, this, this may be as far as mockumentary slash sitcom, whatever you want to call it, dramedy, this may be it for me. Like the, I, I to top this, I don't know what you would have to do. Um, but if I had to sum it up in a, in a tagline for someone who has never watched it and why they should watch it, I would just. I always go back to. I know those people. <laughs> yeah. If, if you've if you've worked outside of a family business, you know these people. That should be the office. You know these people. Yeah. If you've ever worked in an office setting, cubicle world, whatever, <clears throat> and I think. That was the attraction for me to begin with is the the Cubicle office space sucks office so space 
set this up for me in yeah. terms of yeah. I enjoyed that so much uh, that, you know, it, it just kind of like, all right, let's go down and see what happens here. Uh, for me, regardless of whatever comes down the pike in terms of viewing pleasure for me, this has its place for me always. As long as there's some place where I can see it, I will always enjoy both the U.K. and the U.S. editions uh, of The Office. I, I really uh, – the U.K. one is just fantastic. But uh, it's just something like I've talked about in these other Pop 6 podcasts about The Office. It's, it's, a, it's a good place for me. Yeah. And I, it's a great place, you know, if there's nothing else on or if it's just you've had one of those days or you've had a good day or anything in between, you can just go visit your friends at the office. You know what it really is for me? Um, and you guys are going to be like, yes, that, because you love these things. It's an elastic waistband. Like, it is so comfortable for me. The office is just so comfortable. There's something to be said for that. Um, comfort television being able to escape is kind of why you watch it. Even mm -hmm. a show that's awkward, if you, if it's meant the right things to you, if the characters have meant something to you, then you can always return home. You can always return to it. It's why Friends and The Office are still the two most watched things on Netflix until they're both gone. Until they're both gone from there. <laughs> and then the a la carte becomes more expensive than the cable bundle to try and get all of what you need between Disney and ESPN and Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime and Whatever. NBC What's Universal NBC, yeah. and all of the things that are coming through, WBE Network. Maybe we're not going to need that one for too much longer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a lot of stuff going on there that's a that's a cast for a different day that's a um, that's a squared circle radio cast 42 emmy award nominations five wins carell was nominated six times for michael scott never won wow and many characters or many cast members and crew people and people in comedy have basically said that the emmys got that one so very yeah. wrong and it is incredibly disappointing that who won over that performance. in those situations that's a good question um, I'm trying to think what else would have been how I met your mother. I mean, what category was this technically in? It would have been, it would have been lead actor in a comedy a, series, a comedy series. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he won the golden globe in 2006 for best actor in a television comedy or musical. I mean, you know that Neil Patrick Harris, I think won a couple of times for how I met your mother, but I think that was in a supporting role. If I'm not mistaken, you had Alec Baldwin, Dirty, Dirty Rock, Dirty Rock which, mm -hmm. was, which was sweeping awards at the time. So, I mean, there was some good stuff on TV, but there was no character, I think, that lasts and resonates. Even Barney, even, you know, Jack, and all the people on a lot of these shows, Michael Scott might be the comedy character that resonates most across this century with a, with a larger mm -hmm. audience. You can certainly go back to Friends, but that was towards the end of that run, then you can probably go with uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus' character from Veep. is probably right up there. Modern Family was an ensemble cast. So was The Office, but The Office is nothing without Steve Carell. And Michael Scott and Dwight Schrute both probably yeah. are the two that you think of most. And probably a lot of people grew up thinking, you know, that was their Cosby. That was their Cheers. That was their – that was around the time that they started to understand what was funny. And right. I think you can also appreciate the office for every time you go back, you pick up something new because you've matured or you've experienced something else that that show can bring out. And I think the best pieces of pop culture are ones that when you go back and watch them, you still say, "Ah, oh, I love this part. Oh, but I don't even, I don't even notice that in the background. And it goes from staplers in jello to rooting for people that at the very beginning, you hated their guts, Michael Scott and Dwight Schrute in particular. So a real lasting legacy there. We have paid it off. We have paid <laughs> off the tease. It only took, I don't know, three months, yeah, four months. Something like that. A lot has happened. The Titans season has started. Um, I've had some changes in my life. There have been a lot of things that have gone on, but we heard you, and we wanted to get this done, so we hope that you appreciate it. Guys, this has been a lot of fun, um, and look forward to the next one that the three of us and Brad get to do. I don't know what that's going to be. Family ties. Wow, okay. Alex speaking. I've been watching lately for some okay. odd reason. I don't know. That's, that's, that's streaming. Uh, that's a good question. I can't even tell you where I've watched that at. Maybe Amazon Prime. Okay. There's some weird stuff on Amazon Prime. Yes, Let's be real is. about it. That's true. And I go down a bunch of those rabbit holes. I could start off watching Family Ties, and I'm watching some documentary some dude made about aliens in his basement last week. <laughs> Jason, I'm gonna I'm gonna commemorate this payoff in the final. 
podcast of this Pop 6 office uh, chat by, one, going home and watching some of my favorite moments and episodes of The Office. But I didn't realize this, but I have been told recently about the Ladies of The Office podcast mm. hosted by Phyllis Smith and oh, Angela Kinsey. Yes. That I've told, I've been told is very good. It's just launched. I think there's an episode or two out. I'm going to go dive into that and see what those ladies are talking about. That's a really good idea. It definitely is. Well, guys, this has been a pleasure. I appreciate you making time in your schedule and us finding a way to to get this done. And you guys tweet us at Rep B Tennessee at David Reed Radio at Jmart Zone. Let us know where we blew it in the draft because I guarantee some of you are angry. Let me some know of the how, things that we how didn't much do, I killed it. Or what we what we could have talked about that maybe we didn't talk about or just join our we hate nelly bertram club that is available and i promise you we do have a newsletter it comes out we will uh we'll talk to you real soon with more pop six next edition will be back to the future two and three with brad if you missed last week we thought we were just going to do one podcast on back to the future then we got into it an hour and we were still talking about the first film and we realized oh well this can't be ben her so we're going to need to back off. So we've got multiple episodes. Until then, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. God bless. Good night. Good afternoon. Good morning. It's a podcast. We don't know exactly when you're listening. Is there some kind of great office line we should end this with, guys? What's the one line that polishes this off perfectly? There are so many to choose from. I yeah. don't even. I mean, we could go with the obvious. So obvious that you're just sitting there in front of the microphone. I'm like, no, that's what she said. Ah, okay. There you go. That's what she said. Well, I guess this is it. Hey, will you guys let me know if this ever airs? Thank you. All right. Oh, this is going to feel so good getting this thing off my chest.